Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. So I'm going to speak on the culture of honor that Chris has been talking about. And this is, I've never spoke on this subject before, but when I was studying it and going over some of Chris's notes, the Holy Spirit just began to speak. So this is what he spoke to me. Many of us from a very early age, we have experienced the culture of punishment. I mean, it's just the way we were raised. If we did something wrong and we were a child, we were punished. So we're very well acquainted with the culture of punishment. I'm not saying that children don't need to be corrected, but many times, many times, yes, it wasn't love that motivated the person correcting us. It was anger or something else. So we're very well acquainted with that. And it's ingrained in many of us very deeply. We've been punished, so maybe... You know, if somebody messes up, they need to be punished. I believe the Lord wants us to unlearn that habit. Chris, that was in your notes. We need to embrace what God says about punishment. The church for centuries has been a place of punishment. If somebody messes up, let's excommunicate them and crucify them. It's like, that's not God's heart. Jesus didn't come to seek and to save, or he did come to seek and to save that which is lost, not to punish those that are lost. Or found. Yeah, Yeah, or found. That's right. So in John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. This verse contrasts punishment versus love. It's like, let's move on to the next scripture is uh, Colossians 2.11. It says, through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of the heart. All the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the Anointed One, accomplished for us. So we're no longer under the power of sin. It's extinct. Come on. Sometimes we can fear sin more than we can believe God to deliver us from sin and the power of it. No, sin is extinct. The Word of God declares it. By the way, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. So who has the power? Sin or the renewed man that is within all of us? The renewed man. We've all experienced sin. But when Jesus came and gave His life for us, something happened. Let's read on. 
When we discover that God isn't waiting to punish us, we are free to live according to faith and love. God is not up there going, when you, I'm just watching you to see if you'll mess up. Not at all. That's not his heart. His heart's cry is, I want to love you. I want to love you, and over and over, I want to love you and encounter you with my love so that it transforms you, so that I have such a close relationship with you, you won't want to sin. Because sin has no power in my life anymore. In our lives. So the punishment culture that we've experienced, many churches we've attended, that's the culture there. That punishment culture has to go. If we're going to love people the way God wants us to love him, love them. So when we see somebody in, that we know and they mess up and they sin, the last thing that person needs is for us to come along and go, I'm going to punish you for that. They already feel bad. They already know that they messed up. You don't have to tell them. They know it. They're looking for something else. They're looking for life, and that life is in each one of us. John 4.19, our love for others is our grateful response to the love of God first demonstrated to us. We should be willing to love other people like God has loved us. Jesus didn't give us what we deserved. He gave us just the opposite. He took our sin and our punishment. I was... uh, Many of you know I was in BSSM, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, for three years. And one day I was praying, and I said, Lord, possess me with your love. I want to be a man possessed by you. And I heard him so clearly say, I want to possess you, but you have to learn how to love the unlovable. So many times in in the culture... We want to punish someone. It's our, it's our human nature sometimes to, to want to punish someone. But if you're going to be possessed by the love of God, you've got to give that up. And you've got to realize that person doesn't deserve punish, or they may deserve it, but they, God doesn't want to punish them. He wants to heal them. God never shows us anything in our lives to condemn us or punish us, but to heal us. God wants us to be whole, full of Him, full of the fullness of God so that we can go around and bring life everywhere we go. So, does sin need to be punished? No. Sin doesn't need to be punished or controlled anymore. Sin is not a powerful force anymore because of what Jesus has done. And many times, it's, it's perspective. It's our perspective. If we have his heart and we are looking through his lenses, we can see that it doesn't need to be con- controlled or punished anymore. 1 John 2, verse 1 in the New King James, My little children, 
These things are right to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. What is an advocate? It's somebody that stands up for you, that pleads your case. There's no other greater than Jesus. He's the greatest advocate we could ever hope for. So when, when we sin, he's our advocate. He's saying, I'm going to stand up for this person. Yes, they may have sinned, but we're not going to punish them. We're going to bring healing into their life. We're going to bring wholeness into their life. We're going to surround them with people that know how to love. That's what people need. More than anything else in the church, people need to be surrounded with people that know how to love. That love with His heart. Not just with words, but with action. And then the, the verse after that says, And He Himself is a propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. The propitiation means... Uh, Atonement. Jesus paid the ransom for us. He gave us everything we need. It literally means that Jesus satisfied the wrath of God towards sin. All of it. All of it. Does it mean that we have the license since we're free to go sin? Paul writes, is it in Romans? Romans 6. Romans 6. Shall I... Sin that the grace of God may abound? God forbid. It's not a license to sin. It's a license to be overwhelmed with the love of God. A close relationship. Knowing Him in the depths of His love. Jesus' death on the cross means that there's no more need to punish man or sin. There's no more need. So there shouldn't be any need in our hearts. So if God is revealing anything in your heart today, I pray that He heals that place. Because many of us have been through a lot of punishment in our life. Maybe at the hands of our parents, maybe at the hands of someone in the church. I mean, that's a very, very common story. God wants to heal your heart today. When we respond to sin with fear and control, it only causes more problems and shows that we have not reached love's perfection. We must respond to those who have sinned with this heart. Even if the person is you. Who are we the hardest on in our life? Who do we have the most critical thoughts about? It's ourselves. So, when we mess up, we need to realize we need to love ourselves the way we'd love somebody else that has messed up. God's love will pour over you and transform you if you'll invite Him to. So, Jesus never gave us what we deserved. He gave us life. The life from heaven. Jesus brought heaven to earth. And he gave it to each one of us. And it's within us. The life of heaven. 
That's why we can go around and when we see someone in need, we pray for them or encourage them. And it's a supernatural thing that's happening. We might think it's just in the natural, but if we could see in the spirit what is happening, it is a supernatural thing. I've shared the story before. My wife and I were doing a fence job in Bend, Oregon during the summer between uh, BSSM first year and second year. And the man we were working for, he was a nice guy, but he was a kind of a tusk, tough customer because he was used to dealing with people that had big opinions, homeowners. and Anyway, this man had shingles. We drove up to the job one day, and he had shingles right here in the corner of his eye. And I just heard Holy Spirit say, ask that man if you can pray for him. So I just walked up to Joe, and I said, hey, Joe, would you mind if we prayed for you? And he looks at me like, I don't think anybody had ever asked him that question before. And he said, sure. And Colleen and I prayed for that man. And it, he was just very polite. He said, thank you very much. And that was it. Two weeks later, that man came to us. He was weeping. This wasn't a man that was used to going to church. And he said, I've never encountered anything like that in my life. He said, that was the defining moment of my life. So you never know what you're doing when you pray for somebody or you release what is within you. And that man to this day still calls us and talks about God. He was so touched so deeply. And he wasn't, a, I don't think he was a Christian, but he was after that because he'd go, go around saying, praise God, hallelujah, all the time. So... <laughs> <laughs> just a simple thing like that so we need to not give people what we think they deserve we need to remember that Jesus has triumphed over sin and believe that God can correct that person's course We don't need to fear the sin that they have committed. We don't need to try to control them. We need to have grace for them and come around them and love them and encourage them. That's the way the church is supposed to work. This really, this was in Chris's notes and this really hit me hard. It says, we are successful in fulfilling the command to love according to the degree that we really understand and believe what the victory Jesus won actually means. I'm going to read that again. We are successful in fulfilling the command to love according to the degree that we really understand and believe what the victory Jesus won actually means. When we know and believe and see that there, Jesus paid it all, that there is no more need for punishment, that all he wants to do is to love, then we're, we have a, a tool belt full of tools that Holy Spirit has given us to love people. It's so many different ways that we can love people. When we mess up or when somebody else messes up, 
Don't run from God. Run to Him. There's nothing out there worth running to but Him. It's only Him. Because He's the only one that can restore us. He's in the business of restoration. The Bible talks so much about resurrection, His resurrection power. So I'd like to ask a question. Are we sinners? I used to think so. Most of us have heard our whole lives that we are sinners saved by grace. Yes, we are sinners saved by grace, but it goes way farther than that. I used to believe it for many years. So in Colossians 2, 12 through 14, in the Passion, it says, For we've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power. The power that raised Jesus from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected resurrected out of death's realm, never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. Do we need to say anything else about that? We are saints. We are not sinners. When, when we accepted Jesus and He came into our lives and we were reborn and resurrected from the dead, our nature changed. Yeah. Sin is not our nature anymore. Yeah. Sometimes we struggle but we're saints that occasionally struggle with something. It's not our nature anymore. If you're struggling with something in your life, a habit that you can't get over, I'd like to suggest to you, that is not your nature. You're believing a lie. That is not your nature. The nature is you have been reborn with the Spirit of God inside of you that thinks His thoughts, that speaks His Word, that loves like he loves. Many times encountering people, especially traveling a lot overseas, you run into all kinds of different people, people of all different nationalities and and personalities and Somebody would come up to you and I'd just ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you like about this person? Because I don't know anything about him. But he knows everything about him. He knows the giftings in that person's life. He knows everything they've been through. He knows every detail of that person's life. So who, who better to ask than Holy Spirit? Have I mentioned before that Holy Spirit is a genius? Yeah, I probably have. He knows everything about everything. I hardly ever speak without saying that. Because <laughs> it's so true. He knows exactly what that person needs. If you're ministering to them, He knows exactly the key to their heart. So many times I've, I've shared many stories about healing. And, and I, like the lady in Mexico, I prayed for her three times and nothing happened. And so I 
I stopped and I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What do you want to say to this woman? And he just said, speak into her identity as my daughter, that she's a royal daughter of mine. And so I did. And that was exactly what she needed to hear because she broke down and started weeping. And oh, it was her hands that were like this. She had arthritis. And so she cried and we prayed for her for a while. And we and, uh, all of a sudden I says, how's your hands? And she looks down at her hands and they're like this. So Holy Spirit knew the key to her heart. He knows that only love can restore. Punishment can never restore. Only the love of God can restore. God's love is the most powerful force in the whole universe because it's who He is. The Bible says, 1 John 4, 8, that God is love. We all have probably memorized that since we were little children. God is love. And the only way that we can see people rest restored if they've fallen, if they've failed, is through love. If our response to them is anything but love, it's the wrong response. 1 Corinthians 13 talks all about that. We can do all these great things for God. We think we're doing great things, but if we don't love, we're nothing. I think you mentioned that last week. <laughs> so I'd like to tell you about this woman that we heard about when we were down in the SSM. She came and visited and spoke one session in, I think it was second year that I was in. I don't remember her name, but she had been through BSSM and she was an alumni and the Lord called her to go to Africa. She was in her 20s, like 25. And this woman, she had such courage that she went to Africa. She wasn't part of a big team. She was like by herself, she went. And she got involved with these warlords over there with automatic weapons and, and they were drug runners and all this stuff. A young woman, 25, dealing with these kind of people. That took a lot of courage. But you know what happened? She began to love on these people. And before long, they started giving their hearts to Jesus. And all those, all that community of warlords and drug runners were all converted because this one girl had the courage to go to Africa and obey the call that God had on her life. And it was because that supernatural love reached out and touched them. Love can transform the most ranked sinner on the planet. So that's our weapon. Our weapon is love. So in review... Even though we've been taught from an early age the culture of punishment, we can unlearn that habit of wanting to punish people or ourselves. Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. We are free to live in faith and his extravagant love. People that have sinned and failed do not need to be punished. 
but to be loved and encouraged, even if that person is you. We are no longer sinners, but saints. Jesus is there to enforce the victory He has won in our lives. He won the victory. He gave us a new nature. But He knows that we're human and that sometimes we don't get it right. He's right there behind us enforcing that victory. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory because Jesus has already given us the victory. He's won every battle for us already. And the last point I'd like to make is only love can restore. Because God is love. He's the one that possesses us. You want to be possessed by His love? I do. More than anything, that's my heart's cry of my life. I want to be possessed by You, God. To have Your love flow from my life, Lord, and touch people. So if there's anyone here today that you've suffered at the hands of someone that punished you, that you know, maybe excommunicated you from a church or something. If there's anyone that needs prayer for healing of that, I'd be loved for you to come forward and, and just we'll pray over you. Yeah, and God's going to heal you and touch you. Amen. So, yeah. uh, Can we all stand? And if, if there's anybody right now that would like to come forward for prayer, just come on up. I feel like God is is uh, releasing names that people have been called, characterizations that were incorrect. They were based on um, whatever was in the person saying them or maybe something that you did, but it was an incorrect characterization, an incorrect, it was an unjust, unrighteous labeling. And I, I just believe God is just lifting those things up off of people, out of their character, out of their, out of what we've believed about who we are. And I believe He's going to say something new to each person who's just letting something lift off. I believe He's saying something very specific to you about who you really are or what you really mean to him, your, your true character. He said to me earlier, you're a kindred spirit. And, and I just, you know, heard Chris praying for Christopher, and it's like, oh, he's doing that for a lot of us. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for the, the words that you're now speaking over us. I feel like one of the things Dennis really touched on uh, as we just kind of close up our time together this morning um, is this fear of sin. 
being afraid of sin, being afraid of what sin can do. And I think often we put up a lot of rules for the sake of of constraining sin. It is 100% the wrong focus of the believer to begin to build your life to constrain and get sin away from you. See, we run to the Father. He refreshes us. He renews us. He gives us a new name. And now we can go where the gates of hell are. We can actually be around sin. We can be near sinful people. We can deal with the garbage and the junk that is in people's lives, the brokenness that is there, because we no longer are afraid of sin. I'm not afraid of your sexuality or your sexual sin. I'm not afraid of if you're confused about your gender. I'm not afraid about your politics. I'm not afraid, right? You become fearless when you remove your fear from sin. You now can actually love people well because you're not afraid. They might rub off on me, but who's in you, right? And so as a church, as a community, The last thing I'm worried about, other than the areas in your life that you need healing, I'm not worried about your sin. The Holy Spirit's got you. He's going to work that stuff out. So I've seen so many people be very like, I couldn't do that with that person because they're in sin. What's up, proud? Like, hold on. Yeah, guess what? They are human. They're dealing with their life. Who do we trust in their life to get them free? It's not the person. I'm not putting my trust in that person. I'm trusting that the Lord is going to work in that person that they be set free. He's the one who sets people free, not me. Right? So I get to come alongside and partner and be an advocate. Advocate, like Jesus is an advocate. I get to cheerlead. I get to coach. I get to train. I get to mentor, equip, come alongside. Every once in a while, I could say, you know, it's probably not good for you to continue doing that. You're going to hurt yourself and other people, right? But I'm not afraid of the sin. We cannot be afraid of people's sin. And the more we live our life, Living in reference to sin, the less we're living our life in reference to God. So when we also realize that all of the punishment for sin was put on Jesus, we are no longer worried about the punishment of sin. There is no more wrath. And this is scripture. I'm going to mess with some people's theology doctrine. There is no more wrath left to be poured out on mankind. We are judged by our belief in Jesus or not, whether he is Lord or not. That is the line. Now we can jump into Revelation and Ezekiel and say, but there's a there's judgment coming. There's bowls of wrath to be... Yes, these are specific things that are set aside for a specific time for what God wants to do in the end times in the earth. In the earth. 
That doesn't have to do with you as a person. That's God's, that's a 30,000 foot view that we don't fully understand. Of course, everybody is pretty good in their own eschatology in their head. They got it dialed, but everybody else is still trying to figure it out or they're wrong, right? Like, I mean, this is just generally how we take it. You know, I think a lot of people will be eventually amillennial. Do you know what that is? Ah, millennial. Like, they'll figure it out eventually when we see it unfold, right? Whichever way it goes. But the the reality is that we're not talking about the wrath that God has set aside for a day of judgment and a day of wrath and the appointed times of wrath. That has nothing to do with what the blood of Jesus paid for in your life and in the life of the people around you right now. So get that out of your head as you consider how to love people well. They don't deserve punishment and judgment because Jesus took it for them. So when he cuts you off, bless him in Jesus' name. Instead of ask for fire to come and, and engulf the vehicle. See, when we operate from love, because we're no longer afraid of fear and we're no longer afraid of punishment. When you're no longer afraid of punishment, you're really free to do things you normally would never be able to do. Isn't that right, Lisa? Man, I'm just so excited about this because the reason why all of this pertains so much to a culture of honor, I can't honor people well if I'm waiting for some reason to punish them. I can't honor, I can't honor the people who get it wrong and who do sin, I can't honor them and love them into the kingdom if I think I get to be the one that punishes them and judges them. So I can be their advocate and I can love them well. Now over the next five, six weeks, we've got obviously next week Scott Ackland, then we've got Church at the Beach Um, which is going to be amazing at City Beach, at the Pavilion, at City Beach Pavilion. That's where we're all going to gather for, uh, we're going to have some hot dogs, hamburgers, burgers, all that kind of good stuff. But what what we have to be able to do is as we gather, as we come together, we have to love people so well and honor what God says about them over their sin that they recognize that, oh, that's not who I am. Nobody has ever, I can't count how many times I've heard this, nobody's ever loved me or spoke good to me from a church while they were in their sin. Because what churches are good at is making our expectation is you need to look like this, do this, act this way, do this. No, we need to love you into the kingdom. We need to reveal the love of the Father, and then everything else changes. Okay? So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for what you're doing with this message. Thank you that Dennis just brought that heart and that love of the Father to this message that was so needed. Father, I thank you so much uh, for your healing power. We bless your name. Father, will you teach us what it means to be God-conscious instead of sin-conscious? Teach us what it means to live a life free from the fear of sin. We are no longer afraid of sin, and we are no longer afraid of punishment.
And Father, I thank you that you're a good teacher. You discipline those. You train us as your sons, but you never punish us. And we're so grateful for your love that doesn't, doesn't seek to take anything from us to teach us a lesson. Father, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.